One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thursday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Packed show for the next couple of hours. Let's get straight to it. It's worrying for farmers. Yes, sheep worrying I'm talking about. Did you know that 4,000 sheep are either killed or injured every year in this country? And in recent times in County Loud, there has, has been an upsurge in sheep worrying in the county. Imagine being a farmer having to spend all your night time when you're supposed to be asleep and getting your rest to work hard the next day watching your flock. But that's what's happening, would you believe it, folks, at this point in time. I'm going to talk about it for the next while and I'm joined on the show by Kieran Sheelan. He's the IFA Loud Sheep representative and Damien Hannerty, who keeps 300 sheep on his farm near Toher in County Loud. You're welcome to the show, gentlemen. Damien, if I could start with yourself this afternoon. You've had trouble in December and into the new year. Tell us what's happened. That's right. Um... December the 15th, I put sheep into a field that I rent at winter time, And that night, I had attacked by dogs and the sheep. And next morning, I got a phone call at 10 o'clock and the sheep were scattered everywhere. One still missing uh, and a few those mauled. The dogs basically ran them around the field that the sheep lay down exhausted and they stripped the wool off them where they lay. That's what happened to me that night. Um, since I took the field out, I took the sheep out that day and put them back in two weeks later hoping that things were rectified and two nights later another attack on the sheep so that's where I am mm. It's shocking and, and it really is unacceptable do, do you know where the attacks are coming from? Do you, do you know where the dogs are who the dogs are? I do, yeah You do, so you have a knowledge and do you believe the people who own the dogs know what their dogs are up to? They do, yeah. And have you approached them? Uh, the personally, no. The dog warden has. Okay. Um, it's difficult. I'm, I'm in Tower Parish, they're in Tower Parish, so we're neighbours. What yep. do you do? Mm, I understand. It's not an easy scenario at all, no. but the, the warden has been involved and he has made them aware of the situation. Well, the attack occurred at night in the dark, so no dogs were seen in the field um, by anybody. So, in theory, there's no evidence. So, nobody can 
accuse anyone if there's no evidence. So that's the, all you can do is the dog, the dog warden spent two days going around over to Christmas and New Year and he gathered up information that dogs were in the area causing havoc to not only sheep farmers, to ordinary people in the houses and that. Mm. And that's basically where where it comes from. Mm. Look, most people in the area would know Neighbours know who's who's the dogs. You know, it's it's not it's not a difficult one to put together. Mm. Is this an all year round problem, or, or is it seasonal? It it can be all year round, but it's mainly in in the winter time. Yes, in the in the dark nights when it gets dark from half four and it's still dark till close to nine. That's that seems to be the major problem, and I I think in my case it's it's that dogs have been let out say. Seven, half, seven, eight o'clock in the morning. It's still dark. The person inside doesn't know where they are. Thinks they're outside, but they're not. They're out chasing sheep. That's what they're at. And just to explain, uh, Damien, for non-farming folk listening today, what worrying it is. It, it's not necessarily that sheep are bitten or damaged, which does happen. Merely by the chase, it it, it can cause huge problems for you guys and for the sheep. It can, yeah. Well, these sheep had the rams with them, so they're supposed to be in lamb. Um, from the chase and stress, uh, they could have lost their lambs. Uh, they could lose the lambs a month, weeks, months after. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lost a sh- I've lost one of them, actual sheep. Uh, one of them died a week later. That can happen through the, the stress of the ordeal. Again, who can prove it? Nobody. But... These are the things that that happen. Uh, I can't walk them sheep now with a dog because they're afraid of our lives. If a, an innocent person walking by with a dog on the lead goes too close to the field, the sheep will run. So it, it's uh, it's ongoing. Close to lambing, then you, you have difficulties lambing. You could have uh, lambs intertwined. You know, instead of coming out one at a time, there could be a mix-up. Um, it just goes on and on. Mm. They're, they're scenarios that people mightn't consider and that's why I wanted you to mention them because when I was thinking about chatting the other day, you know, the stress, the fright, delivering prematurely as well, you know, all that type of stuff and more, as you say there. What can you do to uh, take action? Can you shoot, if you, if you find a dog worrying your sheep, can you shoot that dog? Well, you try and catch him first and if you can't, then he's, only one other way to do it. Yes, you have to shoot him. And um, you were in that, that's within the law. You were in your rights to do that. Yeah, yeah. Poison isn't a, a thing you consider, no. Or, or you know, laying poison it can be difficult for other wildlife and innocent animals. Was, was that anything you've ever done or considered, or is it something that sheep farmers do? No, I think that's illegal. Um, okay, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done it, and I don't think any sheep farmer would do it. Yes. Um, yeah, so that's not it. No, I'm just thinking back many years ago on that. Uh, but years ago, yeah, yes, possibly. Yes, but, you're going but not way, today. Way back. Yeah, okay, that's well back. That's that's ancient history. Just stay yeah. with me there, Damien, a moment, will you? Because I want to bring uh, Kieran Sheelan into the conversation. IFA Loud Sheep representative. Afternoon, Kieran. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Oh, not at uh, all. Thanks for taking our call. I just want to ask you this. Do you feel at times, in a general sense, you're t- we're talking about County Louth here, but across the country and that, would this be underreported, do you think? I do think it's underreported, personally speaking, yeah. I do think the instance of dogs attacks on sheep is not 
we're not uh, as sheep farmers, we're not going to the Gardaí or we're not going to the dog warden about attacks. Uh, so I think there's statistics there about three to 4,000 sheep injured injured or killed uh, in dog attacks each, each year. And uh, that's, it could, the figures of that could even be higher. Yeah. We've uh, we've problems here on the on the Cooley Peninsula on Commonage ground where we have uh, people taking dogs for walks on, on the mountain. I suppose I'd just like to remind people that this commonage is owned by individual farmers and it's not public, public property. Like farmers, we encourage walking on the mountain for the health benefits associated and the boost that gives the tourism in the area. But we do insist that you keep leave the dog at home because when the sheep are attacked on these open commonages, the farmer isn't there to, aren't there to witness the yes. attack. We might see the sheep from week to week and uh, an awful lot of sheep can just be lost on the mountain due to dog attacks. So you're calling today on people who are out walking on the commonage and you don't discourage that at all to leave the dogs at home. Don't bring them, not even on leads. No, I, I think it's uh, I think it's, it poses too much of a risk to sheep farmers and their livelihood to take even to take the dogs on lead because, for instance, we can't fleece it. We can't fleece if people do take the dogs on lead. Mm. And it's a small minority of people just echoing what Damien said that just do not care what their dog does. And they'll just let their dog off the lead and let it chase sheep. I've seen it myself. And they don't care what happens. And if you approach them and try to explain the situation, you know, that the ewes are heavily pregnant, please keep your dog in the lead. You know, and just go to them in a civil, civil way. They really just, just do not care. And the feel it is their right to do whatever they want. And that's the position that we're in, I should promise. And as Damien said there, which was a very good point, sheep have memories too. If they had any trauma with a dog in the past, even a dog on a lead, Kieran, is uh, 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 such a a scare for them as well. Yeah, like uh, it's a scare for the sheep, but it's also a scare for the farmers. Yeah, You know, the emotional Mm -hmm. devastation caused to the farmers and their families, you know, dealing with horrific aftermath of dog attacks. Like where I see myself, our own sheep have been attacked and had their limbs ripped off by dogs, mm. you know. And to face that, this was in the middle of the lamb time where you were given birth, and to go out early in the morning, and then to face that scene. You horrendous. Know, it, it's horrendous. I've seen I, yeah. I, It would just sicken you, to be honest. And I can imagine you being, the, you being the people on the ground, the farmers tending the flock to go out there. It must be just heartbreaking. The other thing I want to do, I do want to mention Matthew McGreehan, uh, who farms on the Cooley Mountains. And Matthew has been out there. He spent nights out there watching over the sheep. Yeah, like this is, this is dog attacks are very common. It's a very common situation. And uh, if you can't... Uh, if the dog isn't stopped from attacking the sheep or the dogs that are attacking the sheep, then you're going to have an instance that every night he's let out and he's going to go back to attack again. For him, it's sport. It's, it's fun. It's kill. And he he just has the blood off and he wants to set and kill sheep. Mm. So I've known myself or our sheep have been attacked by dogs. I've been, we've been going out, checking them late at night to see if they're okay. Yeah. But I, like, I'd need to reiterate that the problem is not with the dogs, but it's with it's with the owners. The dogs need a lot of attention, care, training, and exercise, and they're not a suitable pet for everyone. And when the dogs are neglected by their owners, that's when they issue the dog attacks and killing the sheep are right. Yeah. And that is the point to make today, and I'd like to concur with you and, and mention it again. 
It's the dog owners. It's the dog owners who are responsible. You you are a dog owner and you let your dog out and you don't know where that dog is morning, noon or night. You don't know what that dog's up to and you are responsible. It's you, you, the dog is in your care. Can you tell me this? You know, uh, we mentioned the Cooley Mountains, which is a, um, a remote type of area and uh, we're talking to Damien. He's still with us. We'll be back to him in a minute about Toher. Is it is it more prevalent near urban areas or can it be equally as devastating, uh, Kieran? you know, in a rural environment as well? It's it's straight the country. Everywhere, in, everywhere. Yeah, you have it in an interface between urban and rural areas and you have it in the middle of rural areas as well. You know, dogs can dogs can wander, can wander far and wide if they're given the opportunity. And like when dogs are going out and allowed to wander, they're not just a risk to sheep, they're a risk to other people as well. You know, mm. like the dogs, the the risk, uh, the hospitalisation of dogs, dog bites, rose by fifty percent between nineteen ninety eight and two thousand thirteen, which is far far higher than other European countries. Mm. You know, so yeah. there's 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 reason just not for the sheep, but for public safety that people that aren't looking after their dogs and allowing them to go out and roam, it's it's can affect everyone. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a wider issue. Let me bring um, uh, Damien back into the conversation. Damien Hannity, he farms three hundred sheep near Toher in County Louth. Um, two things, Damien, to you. I take it firstly, dogs can travel great distances. I I, I I'd also imagine it doesn't take a lot of time to cause a lot of damage, and even small dogs danger to sheep. All dogs, yes, small, large, medium size, all dogs. And even if the small ones uh, join up with a bigger one, they still cause hassle. Um, you know, it, it makes no difference what breed the dog is. They, they will do damage. And it doesn't take long. I want to come back to that point. You might think, you know, your dog's away for a wee while of that. It can be massive devastation caused in a short space of time. Yes. Well, if you watch your dog out running wild in a field or in your garden and just time him for five minutes and see how far he can travel and what he can do, mm. put him into a field full of sheep. And in that five minutes, they destroy a load of sheep in that five minutes. And yeah. it, like a dog can travel, what, a mile in three minutes, less, two minutes? Absolutely. Yeah, for you know? sure. They they can cover great distances. From your experience, do you have lone wolf attacks, you know, single dogs, or do you generally find that there might be more than one involved? There is usually more than one involved, but I had a case a few years ago that it was one dog on his own. Um, now he he started off he got into the, the act of it with another small dog with him but when that small dog was kept in by the owners the big dog went off on his own and done damage still um, and this time of year your lambing season started when December time and finishes when will the lambing run to for you? Well I'm lucky I, I'm not lambing till the end of March okay, and right. I'll, I'll finish towards mid late May right but say uh, so that's that's why um, that's why it's it's whether the yews are in lamb now or not is my worry. Yeah. Um, yes, other farmers would be lambing from December, middle of December onwards. Mm. So the, the danger is all the time, all the time. So the message today, uh, just to go back uh, to Kieran for a moment, your final message to listeners today, Kieran, just to re-emphasise again that, the, and I want to say this: this is not a small problem; it's a major problem for sheep farmers year round. We're hearing. What What do you say to listeners today, Kieran? I suppose just decide if a dog is the right pet for yourself. If you're not able to give the the dog attention 
and care and be able to keep it in a secure place where you know where the dog is at all time. If you can't do that, don't keep a dog. Also, just the sheep farmers that are that, that are listening, I'd just like to let them know that uh, there is an IFA protocol on what to do when dog attacks happen on your flock, which gives which suggests every sheep farmer to make themselves aware of. It just lets you know where you stand according to the law and what procedures to take. And also, we also have an underfunded dog warden service, which the IFA is lobbying to uh, get an out-of-hour active dog warden service and also an active database. So whenever farmers approach a dog that's out worrying stock or out wandering, that dog can be linked back and traced to the owner. So that's that would be my, my final words. Grace, do you want to add anything to that, Kier, uh, Damien, before we finish? I just want, yeah, um, just to, I'd, I'd agree with what uh, he has said. Like, my, my first attack was on the Saturday, uh, the Sunday morning, and I had to wait till the Monday before I could talk to a dog warden, which it's not acceptable. What, what do I do in between? Um, mm. And, yeah, for, for dog owners, once to leave your premises, once to, once to leave your boundary, you're breaking the law. So be responsible, please. Gentlemen, I, I'm uh, delighted to highlight this for you today. I'm a dog owner and a dog lover myself, but I like to believe I'm a responsible dog owner and I understand uh, what's required when you do take on the responsibility of owning a dog and it is the book stops with us, the owners. I wish you uh, well and just remind people before you go, uh, tune in to Ear to the Ground tonight on RTE1 uh, at 7 o'clock to uh, find out more about this very concerning issue. I wish you well for the uh, lambing season ahead. I hope all goes well for you, Damien and Kieran. Thank you uh, as well for joining me on the show. Thank you both. Thank you, Jerry. That is uh, Damien Hannity there, sheep farmer from outside Toher and Kieran Sheelan, IFA Loud Sheep Representative. Keep your comments coming to us. They're uh, streaming in here as I speak. If you have uh, something to say on this matter, if you're a dog owner or you are a farmer or somebody who has an observation to make, we love to hear from you on Late Lunch. Send your messages. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658 is the number. You can WhatsApp or text us or you can call in on 18 18- Fifty seven one five nine five eight, and I'll get to your comments. I promise you, uh, throughout the afternoon. How would you like to go along to the Solstice Art Centre in Navan to see the Irish National Opera's presentation of Hansel and Gretel? Well, I have two pairs of tickets to give away to Hansel and Gretel. It's happening in the Solstice Art Centre on Tuesday, the eighteenth of February at eight of o'clock, right? It's one of the most beloved opera fairy tales. It comes to the solstice on the 18th in a major new production between the Irish National Opera, Theatre Lovett and the Abbey Theatre. Tickets are available now from solsticeartcentre.ie. Two pairs to give away. This is going to be fantastic, I promise you. Here's the question. Who wrote Hansel and Gretel? Who originally wrote Hansel and Gretel. Answers, please, to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Back in a mo. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to smile with the best deals on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. The odds are 1 in 600,000 up to 1 in 200 million. What am I talking about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm talking about. 
becoming pregnant with identical triplets. And that's the scenario that this lovely couple who are joining us next find themselves in. Isn't it just so exciting? Emma Lennon and David Hopkins, you're so welcome to Late Lunch. Thank Thanks, you. Terry. Good Thank to have you here. for joining me. <laughs> well, I have to say, you walk fairly well into the studio. You look pretty comfortable there now. At this stage, the news has settled in, has yeah, it? Yes, absolutely. It's settled in at this stage. Like we're just, uh, we were overwhelmed, of course, at the start. But shock would be more the word I'd put to it. To be <laughs> I think the excitement level now has overtaken everything else. Like you know, we just can't wait to see them and meet them and love them. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Is it true? Did he did he fall off the chair he when did. you were in the hospital and they were doing the, the first scan? Is that the truth? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, they said initially when the sonographer was examining me anyway, she said, oh, there's two beautiful little souls. And then he was laughing hysterically like a maniac going around. I was in shock and then she moved the little thing one more time. She's like, oh, three beautiful little souls. And I literally fell off the edge of the chair and uh, like I was crawling towards the nurse. Like, stop counting, stop counting. <laughs> I, I thought she was going to stand four, five, six. It was a bit like that. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My, like, my, my knees were knocking. I never knew that your your legs could knock while you were lying down. My knees, my legs were moving independently of my body. I was like, oh. She said she could just see my head bobbing up and down by the end of the bed, crawling, just yeah. pleading for her not to count four. Had you any idea going in that there was more than one? Absolutely not. I hadn't a clue because we were trying for a baby for a long time and there's twins surrounding us everywhere like David's nanny is a twin my dad is a twin and my aunt and uncle are twins as well my my dad's brother and sister so I had always said like oh it'd be a dream to have twins I could love to have twins but when I found out I was pregnant I was of course looking up the pregnancy symptoms of somebody that was expecting twins and I never had any morning sickness I never suffered with like overwhelming tiredness or anything like that so I wasn't expecting it. We always said that we'd be su- we'd be surprised, like, but not I was, shocked. Like I was, I wasn't half expecting twins, but like, like I knew there was. We were surrounded by a lot of them, so I wouldn't have been shocked by them. But the minute she said the third beautiful little soul, like nothing's ever brought me to my knees before. <laughs> but those words from that lady, my legs went. Oh my God, almighty. I've never felt that. I was vibrating at all. Keep them away from the delivery whenever that happens. <laughs> I don't know what is going to happen. I'm just trying to even imagine that down the road. But look, at that is far down the road. How many weeks were you when you went? And you're under the care of the unit in Our Lady of Lourdes Hospital. In yeah, Dundee, yes. Absolutely amazing. They're brilliant. They're a brilliant hospital up there, you know, and they have us up observing us every two weeks. We're having measurements done and we met our consultant for the first time on Monday that's going to be looking after the delivery of the babies and hopefully all things going well, we'll get to deliver the babies up in Drogheda. Great. So Rosemary Harkin, yeah. the obstetrician, is your consultant, a wonderful lady as well, and she's looking after yeah. you now. So come back to that day when he fell off the chair and was crawling around the floor when he heard number three. <laughs> How many weeks were you at that stage? Um, 11 weeks and three days at that stage. That was the very, that was the first, very first scan. So. The very first. So we found out everything at the first scan. So we found out they were triplets. We found out they were identical. Then there was a little bit of a concern that maybe there might be something in the background. Like you know, could it, they were observing maybe something that could be um, developmentally, like it could be a chromosome disorder or something like yeah, that. that was a bit of a step it was very yeah. tense at that stage because obviously like 
that kind of feeling overtook the, fe- the shock of the triplets because initially you're so shocked that you're expecting three babies instead of the one baby that you wished for for so long. And then... <laughs> you never thought it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and then they hit you with maybe there could be something that's up and then you, the shock of the triplets go out of the way and you just want them all to be yes. healthy and safe yeah. and happy and okay. And you know? they are. And that they is are. the wonderful news. Yeah. Three girls. Three girls. Identical because they share... <laughs> tell, explain that the... Uh, well, you know they're going to be identical already. So yeah, they share the same. Um, they share the. They're sharing the same. Same. The same exactly. living environment, basically. So, yes. um, they're sharing the same placenta. So we're saying sharing at the moment, but they're really in competition with each other. Like every scan that we see in the hospital, they're either headbutting each it's other. It's like a wrestling match, and <laughs> honestly, you should see them. Like when they were trying to measure them yesterday from head to toe, like she put the thing at the head, and then by the time she got to the toe, the baby was like upside down or sideways or backwards. It's like a it's like a disco in there or something. Yeah. The way they're moving around. So I'm much. just having a look here. Well, you know, you're pretty neat, I, I have am, to say, yeah. aren't you? Yeah. For three babies. At what, how many weeks are you now? So I'll be 20 weeks now on Sunday and there's possibility that we could be delivering the babies at 28 weeks. So okay. hopefully we go longer than that because obviously the more time in there to cook in my oven they have, the better. But um, yeah, there could be a possibility of delivery at 28 weeks and that's... <laughs> like literally just over eight weeks away so we're scrambling to get everything together we're just trying our best to to try and be organised I suppose yeah and here's the other thing you have a daughter correct what age is she she'll be 10 in June what's her name Casey I'd say the excitement must be incredible there, is it? Oh, God, she just lives her life every day, waking up for the babies now at this stage. When we told her, we had, I actually had a video recorded about how, uh, like, when we went, showing her that we were having triplets, like, on the foreskin, we didn't tell anybody, like, until we went down, and then, like, there's a whole video with the gas looking, and, like, I'm like... Like when she was trying to count them, she's like, "We're having twins," and I'm like, "No, count again." And she's like, "We're getting triplets," and she almost broke down. Oh, she was crying. I can show you the video later on, but it's like brilliant. She's in Dublin live actually. Yeah, she's amazing. She's so happy. Like she's she's been waiting for this for a long time, and as I said, myself and David were trying for a baby for a long time, and we didn't know if we were going to get one in the end, you know. So um, it was so special for everybody. I call them miracle babies. (laughs) They are, and they are. Yeah, they are. They really are. The other thing is, uh, you actually were so sure, may I say, that you weren't going to have a another baby mm. that in a business sense tell mm. them what you did or what was happening round <laughs> the time yeah well we had gone off and had a I actually under I underwent a, a study with the Rotunda they were looking for people at the time I heard it on the radio advertisement and uh, I went up and because I had had a baby before and we were trying for a long time we thought maybe something was up or whatever so I had some tests done David had some tests done and turned out that everything seemed fine but um, nothing was happening so I ended up um, opening a new local business as a hair and beauty salon out in Morrington called Allure that we're all very proud of out there and uh, kind of we had gotten to that acceptance stage of things and then I threw everything into making this business brilliant you know and uh, well to help of all the girls out there they're absolutely brilliant and they're great support for me in there I have to say but yeah I literally got all the paperwork back on the 6th of December and on the 8th of December found out we were having triplets <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
<laughs> I don't mean to laugh. It was a terrible time. Hey, what a, what, what a Christmas present. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was, it was that came early. Yeah. But yeah. I want to say here again, and this is important, folks, this is a complete natural scenario. There's yeah. no IVF. There's nothing involved here. No. No. Absolutely They're called like spontaneous that. triplets. And I think there's about, I think of 10% of all the triplets that are ever born, you'd get identical uh, mm. identical triplets I think they they make up about 10% of all triplets that are born yes it, it is it's a, a very very small number and as I said you're in the millions there one in 200 million it can be up to yeah, yeah. the scenario you're in yeah. well you know <laughs> I think of him again and you and <laughs> you held it together always with also oh, when you got the about. news but just about yeah but in my defence she was already what? lying down <laughs> 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 Don't be giving it away on the fellas, will you? Come on. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Um, you know when you, you get over the initial shock and that, what, what do you start thinking? What, what enters your mind uh, first few days when it's not one, it's not two, it's three? Three of everything, really. And, like, we have to move house now. Like, we have a two-bedroom house we live in in Bettystown and that's not going to accommodate six of us. And then we have to get... three of us, but Mm. when another three babies come along, it's going to be hectic. So that's the first thing. Yeah, well, the house and the car. Like, we need need to change the car to a seven-seater car now as well, you know, so... Yeah, but I thought it was just one. I thought we were going to get a kind of cool car, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, when we found it was going to be three, we're looking at the the seven-seaters. Look at that. Mini bus. We're gonna start doing. We'll do taxi to taxi at the weekend, maybe to to fund these babies. <laughs> but it is, it is. You know, in terms of family numbers, three at the moment, doubling just, just like that. Like, You're yeah. doubled in yeah. size, mm-hmm. and all these considerations: living, you know, transport. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you have, you know, the minding of three. Fun. Yes. We're very lucky, though, I have to say. Like, David's family are up in Dublin and my family are I'm lucky, we're lucky enough to have them around Town. But, Jesus, they, they couldn't be more involved. Like, they're, they're so supportive. Like, like, it's, mm. it's good. They're like, it makes you feel a little more... Like, it took the shock out a little bit for me, mm. really. And, you know, if something like... You're panicking someday, they're on your phone call. Like, because the mm. weird thoughts go through your head and they're on your phone call away and it does help a little bit. Yeah, it is. Know. It's yeah. great to have people around you like that yeah. and close to you. So, you know the way... <laughs> People don't tempt fate at times to make too much arrangements. You know, you can make plans for them coming, so you're going to have to anyway. I know what you mean. But have you put anything in place? Like, I know you have to do those big things, but have you done anything in a practical sense to get ready, or are you going to leave it near the time, or well, what? we've kind of done... We've kind of put a bit of legwork into now kind of researching the cars. Like, we're not jumping into anything, you know. And yes. We're, we're in contact with some local councillors about helping us out, maybe helping us find another house, because, mm. as you know, out in Bay- Town, and I'm sure it's the same up and down. The rental situation is unbelievable. Yeah. Like, we already pay, in my opinion, lot, lot <laughs> well over the odds yeah. in our rent, like for a two bedroom home. So, yeah, it's the, we're putting in a good bit of research really but to be prepared more so than mm. just jumping into to getting everything. You know, you know the practical stuff when you arrive home. You know the, what yeah. they're going to be dressed in, what they're going to sleep in, feeding them. Anything done on that sphere? No, we L- haven't. Little bits. We we started a group chat with all the family to kind of like, kind of get it because like, but free of everything, it's going to be hard. So we're going to need everyone to chip in. So. Yeah. Like we we are getting little bits together sorted out, but like you were saying, you don't want to be jumping in just yet. You know what I mean? Like getting through everything, like with everything picked out. But we 
we haven't really like yes. picked them yeah, up. Yeah, I, I, I think just, that's 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 yeah. really good. We're getting plenty of ice off my cousin as well. My cousin Siobhan, she's um she's well, she's always in here. Siobhan <laughs> O'Neill White from Man's She's brilliant, I have to say. She's after been great like her business is babies, you know, so she's been she's been giving us tips and pointers and kind of guiding us in the right direction, you know, that kind you of You have a great woman in your <laughs> corner, I will say. You really do when you have Siobhan with you, that's yeah. for sure. She's brilliant. She she's a force. She's, she's making a hobby out of her. Like, so she's, like, she's, she's brilliant. She's but I'd say, you know, this is a type of force for her as well in, in, our, in our work and in I our life as well. You know, triplets. It's a force for, like, the community even mm. because, like, you want the people that, people are so nice. Like, people come into the hair salon and be working away and they, are you the girl that's having the triplets? <laughs> you know, and they're just coming in to wish you well and, like, every client that passes through the beauty or the lashes or the hair part of the salon they're all just like everybody is just so kind and mm. everybody just wishing you well like you know I'm not going to ask him this question because he's 110% I just look at <laughs> the, he's, he's a cool character isn't he <laughs> just take it easy cucumber isn't he <laughs> nah, we're in the you're doing... storm now you know there's no burning out there's no <laughs> I believe you I believe you uh, you're well this I is am. the thing, health wise. I am. You haven't had any. Never. I haven't had. I haven't had so much as we didn't. I didn't ex- suffer any of the extreme morning sickness that you'd expect for having multiple pregnancy, and I've been working away to beat the band. I feel brilliant, and that's why I think when we seen Doctor Harkin then on Monday, she. It was a shock to me then when she said 28 weeks could be the possible delivery time because, like, David does slag me because the tagline in our house is, I'm fine, I'm fine, I can do anything. I can do yeah. anything, no, I don't need no help from anybody. No, watch I'm me, fine. I'll do this, I'll do that. Yeah. You need to sit down. <laughs> I'm a bit of a workaholic. I love my job. Yeah. I'm, I really do. And I love to work and I love talking to people. And that's mm. what I said. I'm born in people's ears on the airwaves today now instead of in the salon chair. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, you are not unwell. You are no. pregnant with triplets. Yeah. That's what you are, and you will work and away for as long going, as you can. Yeah, everything is going great. You know, yes. like just perfect reports from all the scans that we have. Is everything is perfect? So there's no, there's no really reason to be unwell, even in your mind. Mm. You know that kind mm. of way. So yeah, like I'm, I'm physically fine, mentally just buzzing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And the family, uh, the joy, I'm sure, you mentioned Siobhan, but in the family, close and uh, extended family. Everybody's absolutely over the moon. Everybody's just, this is is (laughs) their whole world at the minute, these three babies getting here. It's... They're all always sending me pictures. Will I get this? Will I get this? Will we need these? Will we need these? We done a very American thing. We had a gender reveal party. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> my yeah, my daughter. She loves all the YouTubers, you know. So um, she wanted one, and I was kind of against the idea of it, to be honest with you. But um, we we did it for her, and she had a few friends from school, and a few of our friends came, and everything, and it was brilliant. It was great excitement. We we enjoyed it. It was it was brilliant. But we had a couple of videos then, obviously going around the internet and whatever. My granddad walked into the local pub and. He literally only walked in for a pint and everybody, ah, congratulations, three more girls, great grandchildren. The videos are quite funny. Especially the one we were revealing the triplets. It's like he puts his glasses on just to like triple check that we're not having them on. You couldn't believe it. You could see him. He was triple checking it. There is three of them. (laughs) It's not a wind up. It certainly isn't. Ah, you know something. You're lovely. Yeah, and you are. And uh, may you continue to be blessed over the weeks ahead as well. Praise God, yeah. Can we keep in touch with you? Absolutely. Just as as you go along, I'd love to. And it's 
really special. I, I've never had, this is a first for me as well, you know, yeah. Yeah. to talk yeah. to somebody. For most Identical people, yeah. triplets. Yeah. Uh, it's wonderful. May I wish you well with your house arrangements and home arrangements, your transport and everything else besides. And uh, thank you for dropping in and telling us your story today. We're delighted for you. Thank Emma you. Lennon and David Hopkins. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. Thank you very much. Jerry's <laughs> good time was on. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. When you hear this sound, it can only mean one thing. The Green Scene on LMFM. Eddie Caffrey here, reminding you to join me every Saturday morning for the best in Irish country, Cayley and Ballads on The Green Scene from 10am till 1pm. If you have a special request, email it to me now. ecaffrey at lmfm.ie. You can send it in by post or to our Facebook page. The Green Scene, in association with John Lynch Carpets and Flooring, Bective Square Cows and Mullet Boy Industrial Estate Navin. February sale now on, with special offers on carpets, wooden floors, rugs and remnants. See johnlynchcarpets.ie or follow us on Facebook. Hi there, this is Declan Lerner here and it's Hooli in the Sun 2020 September 19th to the 26th Costa de Luz, Spain. On the Hooli stage will be 26 of our top Irish artists. A seven days and nights of top class entertainment. Book now McGill Travel 042 933 when you sign family members up with Vodafone Red Family, our multi-mobile package, you're guaranteed the convenience of one bill and monthly savings with a third plan free when you're signed up to two or more plans. However, we're afraid you're not guaranteed the jokes in the family group chat will improve. But for guaranteed convenience, savings and flexibility, pop in store to get Vodafone Red Family for your whole family. Well, except the dog. Free plan offer based on adding Red Plus as a third plan. Contract depends on package shows and offer ends February 28th, 2020. See Vodafone.ie for full terms. The new Discovery Sport. Part electric, full Land Rover. With mild hybrid electric vehicle technology to help reduce fuel consumption and emissions. The new Discovery Sport will put a million miles between you and the everyday. Why wait for your next family adventure? Go anywhere with the new Discovery Sport from €39,500. Book your test drive today at LandRover.ie. Land Rover. Above and beyond. Delivery and related charges apply. Pizza Baker Drada with fresh dough made daily and fresh Irish ingredients. We are big on taste and great on price. Enjoy a meal for two for only $19.90. That's a mouth-watering, large 16-inch pizza, garlic bread, regular side, and large soft drink for only $19.90. Call Pizza Baker on 041-989-4656 or online at pizzabaker.ie. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to smile with the best deals on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Some people get a little down at the thought of turning 40. For others, life begins. I think it's the latter when it comes to a group of Irish lads who've been planning and saving up for the trip of a lifetime for the last five years. To tell me more, Ian Jenkinson is on the line. Afternoon, Ian. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for taking our call today. So listen, let's begin at the beginning with this one here. Take me back to 2014. What happened? Well, 2014, uh, a group of us, were, were at that stage, we were only 34. And a friend of mine whose wife had, had organised a similar trip um, approached me and said, look, 
And um, why don't we all, you know, set up a savings account and, uh, you know, save a few quid for for our fortieth, uh, which I thought was a brilliant idea. It would give us something to look forward to uh, and take the edge off turning forty. <laughs> and uh, we approached the rest of the guys, um, eight others, so there was ten of us in total. Um, everybody jumped on board and said, "This is this is a great idea. It's amazing. Uh, let's do it." So, so we kind of went for it. We set up a bank account and, and got the ball rolling. So say that to me again. Did you say eight brothers? Not, not eight brothers. Eight friends. Eight, eight friends. friends. Yes, eight friends. So yeah, I, I, is I, there I, any I, brothers in it? No. No. Uh, yes. Uh, there's there's one uh, a pair of brothers. Okay. Uh, Dave and Lark Irwin, Yes. Okay. So there is there are brothers in. So there's a pair of brothers and and eight others. That brings the group to ten. So you were looking ahead to this milestone birthday, roughly this time for all of you. We're going to swing over the forty mark. Yes. Exactly. We said. Let's instead of having you know ten different uh, forty birthday yeah. parties, um, let's just have one big huge fortieth uh, birthday party uh, <laughs> and save up all this money. So uh, and it's been fantastic. The whole process has been brilliant. It's made us meet up more often and and and, and brought us even closer. We are a close knit group anyway, um, but this this whole process has brought us all even closer. Okay, so I'm just doing the math here. 50 euro each a month and there's 10 years that's 500 a month by 12 months by 5 years 30,000 euro that's 30,000 euro yes that's what we saved up between us <laughs> and nobody nobody missed out everybody has contributed their 50 to come what may in life you know there could have been job changes job losses hard times yeah. good times everybody contributed <laughs> Absolutely, everybody did, and uh, one of the guys who who was basically on the dole for for a year, he even kept up his payments. It was a case of I'm not missing out out on this. Now we would have helped him out anyway, but to be fair to him, he kept up his payments. And yeah, all of us, you know, uh, just said no. This is it. We're doing it, um, and and we stuck to the plan. And and, and yeah, we're so so excited. We're only three, well, three and a half weeks away. We go away on the second of March, and uh, we're all beside each other with excitement. So what's the plan? You're away on the 2nd of March. How many days is the trip? It's for 10 days um, and it starts off, we fly over to Tampa um, where we're staying in a, in a luxurious villa for three nights. It's, um, this villa it has a swimming pool, a jacuzzi, uh, there's a pool table, a table tennis table. Um, there's a, the, the place is so big, there's a river going out the back of it and the, the, the um, villa provides two kayaks for you to go out onto the river. <laughs> now, the caveat to that is, is that the river apparently uh, might have a few alligators around it, so uh, we're, putting, we're putting bets on who's going to be brave enough to go out first on the kayak. <laughs> I want you all to see 50. Please, please mind yes, yourselves. Exactly, yes, yes, no, we will. We'll be very careful. One of the lads went down to uh, Google Maps and he the Google Walk and he found a sign beside the river that said beware of alligators <laughs> so we're pre-warned we just we, we know nothing <laughs> okay so that's Tampa for three nights where do you go to then? Um, we go on a little road trip we're, we're hiring a couple of Cadillacs Cadillacs uh, cars and Cadillac cars and we are heading up to uh, Cocoa Beach for one night uh, where we have a, probably an, an old beach party and um, from there we go to Miami for two nights we're, we're there for three full days but two nights yeah. um, and then we finish off in a, a place I've always wanted to visit, uh, New Orleans, uh, which is going to be amazing. Most of us are musicians. We, we, we play music. And um, so New Orleans was a real kind of uh, real hot spot for us that we wanted to go. So um, that's where we finish off there. I think this is just 
uh, uh, so uplifting and, and so yeah. brilliant that a, a plan has come together that was hatched in 2014. And here you are, friends from primary school have stuck together, all reaching the 40, got the money together, full amount in there, and you're going to give it a wingding now for 10 days. Congratulations yeah. to you. Well, thanks very much. We're going to give it a whack and we're delighted with the reaction and you hit the nail on the head, Terry. It is uplifting because, you know, as we know, over time, everything changes. We we uh, we all, you, the kids come along, you might move. There's one of the guys who actually lives in Spain and, you know, you just don't see each other as often and yeah, it, it's just great to see. We had a huge reaction. There was an article put up on Facebook. There's been 10,000 comments on that article and each and every one of them is somebody, you know, tagging their friend in, saying, God, we have to do this. Why don't we start saving? It's our 30th or our 40th or our 50th coming soon. And uh, it's it's kind of spread a little bit of uh, a little bit of love and a little bit of joy uh, to everybody. I think so. Yeah, we're very proud. I have to say of of, of the of the of the achievement. You are... haven't even gone on holiday yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. So the anticipation, you know, is a great part of it, as you know, when you're yeah getting uh, g'd up to go away and the ten year together. But here's the thing. I really haven't heard of anything like this before. You're right. Generally, you know, the 40s are hit simultaneously with a group of friends and you have all these different parties in different places, etc. But you're bringing it all together for the 10 year and spending this yeah. time. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, it really is, yes. Uh, I look, the, 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 the parties, the individual parties would have been great, but this is going to be something that will stick, you know, long in the memory. And uh, it's something we'll never forget. Uh, and we just pray that it goes uh, goes as well uh, and that we get a bit of sunshine. Ah. <laughs> Oh, listen, I think you're going to get that anyway, one way or the other. And look, we are going as well and finishing in what would many would regard the heartland of music in the States, New Orleans, you know, for you guys, marvellous. Yes, yeah, so and we're going to bring our own little brand of Irish uh, Great. Uh, music over with us. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something, yeah. something special, something unique and something very, very different. And thank you indeed for talking to us today. And Ian, if you don't mind, when you get back, we might sure do a little uh, recce to see how you got on. Is that all right? That's absolutely fine. And in the meantime, we, I'll definitely come back and have a chat with you guys. But in the meantime, we did set up a, an Instagram account for the for the crack. Uh, yeah. it's, the Instagram account is D-E-H-E underscore 2020 for 2020 underscore vision underscore. It's a bit of an awkward one. So D underscore 2020 underscore vision underscore. And uh, you'll see a few pics and see how we're getting on. But I will. I promise I'll come back and, and, and tell you how the whole trip went. Good man. I really do appreciate it. Have a wonderful birthday time. All 10 of you. Enjoy. And thanks again for taking our call in. No problem at all, Jerry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Yeah, what a story that is. I'm not surprised people will cotton onto this and more people will want to replicate it and do it. 2014, 30,000, 10 of them heading for the States. Wonderful. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Need I remind you about the impeachment trial of US President Donald Trump? He was acquitted and no surprise in that. And I am so grateful to Suzanne Lynch, who is the Irish Times Washington correspondent, originally from County Meath, who's been joining us from time to time following this. Suzanne, good afternoon to you. Good afternoon or good morning from here. Yeah, it's morning with you over there is right. Look, I have to put this to you first. What a waste of time and money. 
Well, yes, look, I, as we spoke about before, the outcome of this was never really in doubt. Donald Trump was always going to be acquitted in this impeachment trial because his party, the Republicans, had the majority um, and there was actually a two-thirds majority needed to remove him. Um, but uh, Democrats felt they had no other choice uh, when details of this phone call between Trump and uh, the Ukrainian president surfaced. They felt they had to go ahead and move to impeach him. And their gamble is that this is going to rub off, that, that um, you know, some Donald Trump supporters, uh, that some Donald Trump supporters in Congress, politicians, uh, may have been forced into kind of difficult votes and defend the indefensible. But look, as you say, uh, it now looks like it, it may have not quite backfired, but there are no signs in the polls so far that this has had any impact really on Donald Trump's supporters. And this is a key issue, Jerry, because... Uh, the fact is, these members of Congress, Republicans who voted to acquit him, know that Donald Trump is very popular in their states. And that is why they are afraid uh, to do anything that will uh, damage mm. him. I don't think it's anything to do with loyalty to him, per se. It's loyalty to the voters in their own states who, um, polling are suggesting, uh, remains, uh, they remain very loyal to Donald Trump. Do you believe, following it closely, and we spoke about this uh, the week before last, I think, the, 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 the witnesses were not called and the key witnesses that could have really damaged Trump uh, with their testimony and they were kept at bay, not allowed in. Had they been allowed to testify, do you think the outcome might have been different? It might have been because there was one particular witness, John Bolton, who had a lot of information that people believe about what happened with Ukraine. And the reason why he might have moved the dial is because John Bolton himself is an out-and-out Republican. He was around in the George W. Bush time. He's a part of the Republican establishment, so it would have been one of their own, if you like, who would have been testifying. It meant that Republicans would not have, have been able to say, oh, this is a Democrat with an axe to grind against Donald Trump. So I think if he had appeared, uh, and, and if, you know, it may have changed things. He's actually more Republican than Donald Trump, but it's a measure of how far this party has changed. This is the big story of the last three years. When Donald Trump ran for election, many of the senators who quitted him uh, yesterday, people like Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, they were all running for the Republican nomination. They did not like Donald Trump. Most of the Republican Party did not want Donald Trump to run. And yet the situation we have here is that yesterday they all voted bar one, Mitt Romney, uh, to acquit Donald Trump. So I think it's a real illustration of how things have changed. Donald Trump has kind of taken over the Republican Party. And the kind of traditional Republicans like Mitt Romney and even John Bolton, if he had testified, they're kind of yesterday's people in a sense. Um, so I think that's the real success uh, of, of the Donald Trump brand of the last few years. It just shows you power and uh, mm-hmm. the holding of power, regardless of who or what that character is and all the flaws uh, they may have. Do you know what I loved, Suzanne, I have to say to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, the scenario when he walked in to give the State of the Union speech, he hadn't been acquitted. Am I right? Yes, at that stage. No. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and yeah. in he goes, and, yeah, and Nancy... I love Nancy Pelosi, yeah. I have to admit. And he wouldn't shake her hand when she offered the hand. Well, maybe yeah. understandable as well, because she, she pushed the impeachment button. But I thought, after he delivered the speech, as she tore the speech <laughs> up behind yeah. him. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was. It was. This State of the Union address happened on Tuesday night, and it's a huge set piece in the US political car- calendar. It's on every year. It's a big... It's carried by all the networks and people traditionally in America tune in to watch the president give his yearly address to Congress. So Donald Trump walked in and the only way I can describe it is like being at a huge football match or something. The cheering from the Republican side was absolutely huge. 
were clamouring over each other to try and shake his hand. They were lining up um, the aisle as he walked through. There was a lot of pomp and ceremony. Donald Trump walked, took his time walking down to the front of the uh, of the chamber. He shook hands with the Supreme Court justices, people like Brett Kavanaugh, Leah Gorsuch, those conservative just, justices that he proposed. And they are there for the State of the Union too. And then when he ends up to Nancy Pelosi, the, the uh, tradition is that he's kind of flanked by the Vice President, Mike Pence in this case, and the top uh, person in Congress, who is Nancy Pelosi. And they then have to sit through the entire speech with the cameras on them at his shoulders. So, as you say there, he appeared, it was kind of unclear, but he appeared to kind of snug Pelosi when she put out her hand. And then she seemed to be politely sitting behind him for the whole 90 minutes. But then at the very end, she started deliberately tearing up her copy of the speech that he had given her. Um, and this was seen as a real snow because the visuals, Donald Trump had no idea this was going on behind mm. him mm. as he was finishing up a speech. But then some people, the other way of looking at this, saying, you know, did she stoop to his level? Was it childish? Um, you know, it's given huge uh, ammunition to Republicans. One person is talking about bringing a, an official complaint against her because it was an official document that she ripped up. So, look, it remains to be seen how that's going to play, really. Um, but afterwards, seemingly privately, uh, Nancy Pelosi said no, she was glad she did that. And that the whole thing that Donald Trump had said was a complete lie, his speech for 90 minutes. That's what she said privately afterwards. But look, it looks like these divisions between those two figures are going to be as strong as ever following this impeachment. And of course, we're only nine months away from elections. So wow. uh, I think the, the divisions are, are just going to get deeper following this impeachment. So... The election now comes into the horizon. It's obvious Trump is going to be the uh, Republican candidate, but who can take him on? Uh, Biden has performed poorly in Iowa, uh, but Yeg and Sanders one and two. But here's the question I have for you. Is the door now opening for a real true blue challenger to Trump in Michael Bloomberg? Possibly, very possibly. So Michael Bloomberg's strategy was to hold back let the other candidates fight it out in the early voting states like Iowa and New Hampshire. Um, and then he's only going to come into the fray later this month. Um, this could pay off because what's happened is it looked like Pete Buttigieg, who I think actually is a very strong candidate. I've, I've interviewed him. I thought he's very, very good. He's done, done very well in Iowa and New Hampshire, but he doesn't have great rec- name recognition around the rest of the country. But they have been fighting it out and, and essentially splitting the vote. So Bloomberg's strategy is to wait it out and then he comes in as a, an alternative. He's got a lot of money. There are ads everywhere in the country by Bloomberg, uh, particularly in these swing states that uh, voted for Donald Trump, places like Michigan, places like California that's going to have a huge number of delegates uh, saying, sending to the convention. So, um, yeah, he's one to watch, definitely. Also, Donald Trump is worried about him. He's been um, criticising him on Twitter. Uh, they're both two New York billionaires, uh, so would know each other going back a while, although Bloomberg would be a lot wealthier than Donald Trump. Look, he's one to watch. But interestingly, I think he would, if Bernie Sanders, who's a socialist candidate, does well, um, Bloomberg will set himself as an alternative to him. However, if somebody like Pete Buttigieg, who's a more of a moderate, a kind of middle-of-the-road Republican, or Democrat, excuse me, if he emerges as the frontrunner, I think Bloomberg, it would be less an advantage to Bloomberg because he's politically more like him. They're both kind of centrist candidates. Mm. So it kind of depends who comes out of this in the next few few days, really. New Hampshire, the second state, is voting on Tuesday. I'm going up to that at the weekend. Um, Bernie Sanders looks like he's performing well there, mainly because he's from the neighbouring state, Vermont, which is just next door, so he could do very well. But look, his supporters are absolutely, you know, completely loyal to him. I saw them up in Iowa. 
He's got a huge groundswell of support and he will do well in New Hampshire. So Bernie Sanders can't be written off uh, just yet. That's, that's for sure. But ultimately, they need to uh, gather around a strong candidate to have mm. a hope of this lodge in Trump. And as you said to me before, when it came down to the nitty gritty last time round, he really didn't win by that much. Exactly. So they feel, and this is why the Democrats, the, the big argument is, the, the argument against someone like Bernie Sanders is that, right, he might energise the Democratic voters now as they're picking their candidate. But when it comes to the main election in November, the person who wins is going to have to win swing states, states like Michigan, Pennsylvania, um, Ohio, states that were traditionally Democrat but went Republican. Um, and Bernie Sanders, the argument goes, is not the person to do that because he's he is, too le- he is too left-wing, a lot of people believe, for a kind of a, a swing voter. Mm. Whereas someone like Pete Buttigieg, even though I accept he's not very well known, um, he's a very interesting candidate, he's only 38, he's openly gay. Um, he also f- was a member of the military, he fought in Afghanistan, and he's a very um, committed Christian. Those kind of attributes would play well with Republicans. And he's also from Indiana, a Midwestern rural state, so we understand those, you know, that side of America. So someone like him, if he could get the momentum up, and that's a big if, could be a person who would win over some of those swing voters. And of course, Joe Biden is, is, the, is the classic example of this. He's from Pennsylvania. He's a real working man's man. But look, I went to events in Iowa the weekend and in the, the, where they caucused, and, you know, they had to choose their candidate. And practically everybody in the Joe Biden corner, I've got one little constituency south of the Capitol, and there was no one under 65 70 even, I'd say, in his group of supporters, literally. He's just got, you know, he's not really, Joe Biden is not connecting with the younger vote in this country. Um, so that could be a problem for him, even though he's kind of the best known candidate at the moment. Isn't it fascinating? You're, uh, like ourselves here, we're on the cusp of uh, uh, political drama this weekend, as you know, Suzanne, here at home. Absolutely. And, you know, unfolding with, with Britain settled and hours over, the focus will be on the States uh, and this run for the yeah. White House, which will evolve over yeah. the summer into the autumn uh, and the winter. Look, you're a star. I know you're busy over there and there's several bulls on you from many angles, but you've never yeah. let us down. I really do appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Talk to soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Suzanne Lynch there. There, the Washington correspondent for the from the Irish Times. I read her all the time. She's a brilliant, brilliant uh, lady, wonderful writer, and you get the best analysis, I promise you, in the Times with Suzanne every single day. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Let's head to uh, a news and sports bulletin at three. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to smile with the best deals on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Anyway, let's move on on the show. If you were listening to Colm at lunchtime on sport, you'll have heard him waxing lyrical about a big win for Frank Lynch and his horse political policy at Wolverhampton last evening. And the loud GA legend and driving force behind the new county stadium is on the line. Good afternoon, Frank. Good afternoon, Jerry. Well, I hear rumour that after this big win, the floodlights are covered now. You You have the money. I have the, we have the money, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations to you. Look, this fella, uh, 25 to 1, the betting said earlier on yesterday, but there was a few pounds. Were you on it? Were you on the horse yourself? Unfortunately, it wasn't mine. Ah, oh, Frank. 
But uh, yeah, there was a few people had big money on them, all right, you know, and that brought the uh, brought the betting down from thirty three to one to about eight to one. And uh, oh, I got a few pounds in them, but it wasn't big. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. But you were telling me, and without naming names, you were with somebody yesterday, and they had um, they had a few yeah. pound on them, hadn't they? Yeah, I am told that mm. they had a, a, a thousand pounds on them at twenty five to one. But they did, did did very well. That would bring the betting down very fast. But he, he's fifty mile away from here, you know. Yeah. Well, I live anyway, <laughs> and I didn't see him again, you know. Frank, uh, how come we're all wise in hindsight? And you know people, I'll tell you who would have put money on this horse yesterday, Frank. You know people who go with names, and with the election on Saturday, political policy is the name of the horse. Yeah, it's a very appropriate name, right, enough at the present time, right? It yeah. really is. But and, look, uh, I, I, I'm in the habit of always naming my, uh, given that uh, double alliteration, if you like to put it that way, yeah. on the horse's political policy. I had pen in, pass in the past in the past, and I had uh, fantastic flyers, all this type of thing, you know. And yes. Careless consent. I, I'd always name my horses that way, you know. Mm. Now, the, the, the horse hasn't been in action, what, since last April? Yes, he got a lot of injuries. Remember, this horse won about, I think, about 13 times in all. And he was second uh, and toured 35 times. And he won about 70, 80, over 80 races. And the wear and tear was there. So I had to get him refurbished, so to speak, you know. Mm. And there's a lot of work uh, um, done with him, uh, with uh, my new trainer, Matthew Smith. Yeah. And I have to say his tactical work yesterday won the race because he obviously treated the jockey very well. Mm. And he conserved his energy for the last uh, forum. It looked as if he was beaten him uh, when it came in the last forum that he wouldn't he wouldn't win, but he came with a burst of speed in the last uh, forum and won readily. You know, mm, there you are, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> Twenty five to one yes. starting out and backed into eighty one, as you said. Ultimately, um, the, the, he he's had a lot of difficulties along the way, but obviously straightened out now. And, and with the win yeah. yesterday in Wolverhampton, first time he's ever been over there, is it on the all weather? Oh, he has been over on the, he he ran in Linfield in a qualifying right. race over there way back in, okay. when he was about a four year old you know yeah and he finished fifth in a very uh, big race you know mm. uh, and he he has been an absolutely uh, in a smashing horse there's no doubt about that mm. and he, six uh, years six years is it today or tomorrow or yesterday since his first win I, I heard Gollum saying I think it may be even today the anniversary yeah about about that yeah. Uh, since his first win in in, the, in Dundalk, yeah, yeah, terrific. He, he's been a he's been a great servant as far as Dundalk are concerned, you know. Mm, mm. Uh, and uh, we run him there several times, and he'll be running there again for the week, I suppose, you know. Frank, do you uh, get that? Do you get this? You know, I know how much you love the football, and you 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 always want to see Louth win, and you have been part of all Ireland success and seen them win and seen them lose as yeah. well. Do you get as big a kick, you know, when the, the horse crosses the line? first oh yes yeah, absolutely um, yesterday's race was very exciting because it didn't look as if he was going to make it mm. and the bus- he came with a, a tremendous burst of speed in the last uh, you know, 100 yards and got up to win by about a half a length and he, if he had been further he would win by more I'd say you know yeah. he, he, he was, it was a tremendous finish and it was a tribute to Matt Smith uh, Matthew Smith, who took, took over his training there about uh, four months ago, mm. and uh, refurbished him. As I said, got a lot of uh, uh, 
job as the hunter where that left him in peak condition, you know. Mm. And he never looked as well as he looked yesterday. Yeah, running, you know. And uh, he's a he's a very uh, child could handle this horse. He's, mm. he's a smashing horse. There's no doubt about that. We better watch this space when when he's going again. You won't get the twenty five to one on him. That's absolutely sure no, at this stage. He won't. He won't. But you you never know. It depends on the distance he's getting. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult to get a, a race in Dundalk that's mile six, and this is our problem for the past twelve months or more. Yeah, uh, they seem to be giving races up to a maximum of a mile four. Mm. that type of thing you get the odd race maybe at two 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 mile yeah but this horse will stay now two mile you know mm. and uh, he's nine year old now mm. and uh, he, he has gone over holes as well and he's a great holder and uh, he likes good ground that's the point you know yeah no I'm not a heavy gambler Jerry or anything like that mm. but a few pound on surely yes and uh, but um, and uh, I like to see I like to see the punters taking money off the bookies anyway. Let's put it that way. Who doesn't, Frank? Anyway, uh, and I don't hold information if you know. I know, I know, I, I know, I, I know. I, I know. Well, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But look, look. Just before you go, uh, another minute. Uh, Sod turned on the new stadium. Things progressing well, and you're happy with where it's going and how it's moving on. Well, I'd be happier if it moved a little bit faster because uh, it's been held up to a certain extent mm. with a lot of perhaps red tape bureaucracy or whatever you like to call it. Yeah. You know, and at this stage we should have uh, we should have planning permission, full planning permission very soon. Mm. But it's a fair while coming and uh, I would like to see that part of it happen. And I'm maybe a little bit disappointed to see that we didn't figure in the grant situation uh, and that we were put behind Mead, Waterford, Kildare, Galway and all these teams that had already got stadiums. And I'm a little bit unhappy with that situation. Right. Because Crow Park should waken up to the fact that we have had the county grounds. We never had a county grounds, and we're the last county in Ireland with, with no county grounds. Mm. And it's a bit time that things were uh, speeded up a little bit. But we, things have been put in the back foot to some extent. We are working on it now well over 12 months. Mm. And I think we should have, uh, we, we, we are working hard trying to move the things, and we're trying to be a big draw at the moment. And that's all has to yield about two million pounds. And now, with the soccer crowd getting about thirty million, I don't know where the money is going to come for come to us for we have grants from Crow Park. Uh, Frank, do you know something? You've lived long long enough. They'll find the money, and it should be found I for sport. So. It should be, and it should be invested in. That's what we need, and it's a big consideration running into the weekend. Look, I hear yeah. frustrations, and it should be easier. And at times in Ireland, you feel that it, we're better at putting obstacles in people's way than helping right. when help is needed. Cool. Very, very well said. That's that's it in a nutshell. That's yeah. it, Frank. And listen, congratulations yeah. again on the win last night, the wonderful win for political policy. Thank you so much for taking our call, Frank. Okay, Jerry. Thank Take you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. Bye bye. Frank Lynch, there. Great man. Great man. I have just great respect for that man and his achievements in sport and business and life. He's wonderful. And I understand what he's saying there. And it applies across sports. You honestly think that some of the sporting organisations rail against their members that you know, government don't help either and that we're not promoting enough and supporting enough, especially in the sphere of sport. It's time that changed once and for all. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to challenge us for the best deal on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. 
We're heading towards the weekend. Few suggestions for you. Country music star Robert Mazel and the Country Kings played this Sunday evening at the Ashburn House Hotel. Doors open at half seven. Dancing's from eight o'clock. Remember as well, we had a great competition on late lunch last week. Children go free throughout February at the Titanic Centre in Belfast. So it's a great reason to plan a great family day out at this most wonderful attraction. And if it's something you've an interest in, there's an holistic and psychic health fair taking place this Sunday at the Fairways Hotel Dundalk from 11 to 6 o'clock. Lots to do over the coming weekend. A blind date with a book. Well, it caught my attention this morning. And Kieran McGurl, library assistant in Trim Library, is going to tell me chapter and verse what's it, what it's all about. Hello, Kira. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. Explain, please, for listeners, what's happening? So, so basically what it is, it's, um, it's a library initiative and it's to do with Valentine's Day. So basically what it is, it's a book, a library book, uh, wrapped up in brown paper. And it covers a really wide range of genres. And then we have handwritten little tagged clues on the cover. So it kind of alludes you to what's in the book. Um, so basically, you pick up the book. You don't know what you're getting until you get home. Um, it can include anything from mystery, romance, sci-fi, fantasy, adventure, horror. I've, I've picked all sorts of books. Um, and it's, they've been flying out the door. We do it every year here um, in Mead Libraries. And it's, it's been really going down a treat. Um, so if, if anybody wants to borrow them, they're up at the desk. And it's kind of just, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Maybe pick up a book that you might, might not have picked up before. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, I've looked at it. I've looked at it online as well. And I love it because... Just to explain, they are wrapped in this beautiful paper and there is a little card on the front with a description, with clues as to what genre, what the book is about. But that's all it is. It's only clues. So you have to accept what's exactly. written there. Yeah. yeah. So, so you have to accept that like, you have no idea who the author is, you don't know what the book's about. Any of the books that we have out here on display in Trim Library, they're, they're all new books. So they're recently published um, and they're all, you know, they might have been read once, but a lot of them are new releases. So it's probably not going to be a book that you've read before. I have a couple up there on the display, kind of cult classics. Um, you know, books that you might have a bit of prejudice about, you might have heard about them, yeah. that you mightn't have necessarily picked up yourself. But then there's some really nice ones. They're like lovely love stories, like, you know, psychological thrillers. Um, I've a couple of non-fiction up, uh, of writers up there. Some really, really different stuff that you wouldn't have just said, oh, like, uh, you might have picked it up yourself. People I know love this. What did you start off with? How many did you do initially? So I started off with maybe, I'd say, 15. And yep. in the last day or so, I'm asking about 30 more. It, 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 they've been flying off, <laughs> off the shelf and off the display. And it, it's really nice because people are willing to take the chance. You know, I might have read it before, but it's just, you know, when you get home, it's like a little present to yourself. You know, like last yes. day, you don't, you don't really know what you're getting. And is it true that children have cottoned onto this as well? Absolutely, yeah. So the thing with the blind day with a book is that it's 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 all from our adult collection, so it's our adult stock. So in the libraries, the books are all um, sections into senior books, um, young adult books, and then adult books. So for this one, I just did adult books from our adult stock. Um, and little kids have been coming up to the desk and saying, "Can we have a present? I want to I want to give that present to my mommy." But you're like, they wouldn't know what it is or anything. But for the moment now, it's all been uh, it's been adult stock so far.
Brilliant. And uh, it's growing uh, legs all the time as people find out more about it. And now the children are in on it as well. You're going to be rapping. You're going to be rapping exactly. a lot. Absolutely. I know. I have been rapping a lot. It's kind of nice. But, uh, and you can do it for Christmas as well. So if there's any other libraries listen, you can do it for Christmas and you can do Christmas reads, nice Christmas books. You could even do children's uh, Christmas reads if you want. Maybe like classic Christmas stories that, you know, children mightn't have heard before. But uh, basically, it's just to pick up something that you wouldn't have picked up before. And just to remind people, the Take a Closer Look campaign, this is very important. It's happening at the end of this month. Yeah, exactly. So there's a National Library Awareness campaign on at the moment. So basically to get people into the library, to get people back to the library. So there's so many, like, there's very few things in this world that are completely free. And that is the library. So... On the 29th of February of, uh, of uh, the end of this month, it's a Saturday, and all the libraries in Ireland are having a open day. So basically, it's where you go into your library and you see what it's like on a typical day. Uh, all the services that are available, all the online services, all the events, the talks, the children's events, everything that is available to you, completely free. Um, and just to say as well, a lot of people don't know this, but all of the libraries are on the same system. So if you're a library member in, a, in Mead or Dublin or Cork or Kerry, you can use, you're entitled to use any public library in Ireland we're all the exact same and you can request in a book and you can get it delivered to whatever library you like. It's absolutely brilliant. Congratulations to you. A blind date with a book. And we thought it was all about Scylla Black at one stage. Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for joining me on the show, Kira. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Kira McGurl there, library assistant in Trim Library. Um you constantly say we don't do politics. So what is this preoccupation with Donald Trump or Nancy Pelosi? Everyone has their own opinions and don't need your regular biased view. Well, I have an opinion, whoever you are. You know, I have an opinion and I give my opinions here, honestly. And I understand like Pelosi is on one side, the Democrats. Uh, Trump is on the other side entirely on the Republicans. And I, I do understand that, you know, we are fed news from across the Atlantic and there's a slant put on it. But that's, you know, that's the way this happens. You're aware of what's going on at the moment and the run into our own uh, general election. But I have an opinion. I like to give it and I always give it honestly and truthfully. And I'm always open to other people's opinions as well. And I listen to them and I accept that people have different views to my own. Um, I, I would like to think that it's biased. Look, Trump is Trump. I lo- he's loved by millions, loathed by millions more. That's the way it is. But an opinion is an opinion. You're entitled to yours. I'm entitled to mine. And let's respect that. That's the main thing. Thank you for your comment. Love them. Keep them coming to us every day on Late Lunch. Anyway, time to say goodbye for Thursday. One more show to come tomorrow, Friday from 1.30. Have a lovely evening. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. We want you to smile with the best deals on a new Renault or Dacia in 2020. You can now inquire at blackstonemotors.ie. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.